Hello and welcome back to Creative Hood. I'm your host, Melanie, and today we are joined by Josh. Hello, Josh. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Very good. Thank you for being here. I'm really excited for this conversation because I only heard about what you did like once, one little tidbit, and it was <laughs> super interesting. And so I hope you can talk about kind of more about that kind of thing. But what do you do? Uh, so I work in New York in the TV and film industry as currently as an assistant editor, but I also work as a visual effects editor and a 3D editor at some points, which I'll be, I'd be happy to explain what that is yes. to yeah. Um So basically as they're shooting the TV show or movie, um, each day after they shoot, we get the footage. And my job is to basically organize every bit of footage for our editor to be able to cut a, cut the scenes together and end up with what you see on the screen at the end. And it's basically that, but then also like working with the editor of like helping them find sound effects that they might need or doing green screen work that they shoot wow. or just removing random things in the background that they might find distracting. Mm -hmm. So basically all the stuff that you don't see is what we work on. That's cool. So could we go through maybe the whole process of, let's say it's a film, yep. right? Maybe all the different departments, the stages, and then tell us about that part where you come in and kind of all those things that have to lead up to you. Gotcha. Getting to your Getting to my part. Yeah. So basically they'll they'll start production on the on the film and they'll shoot and then and each day of shooting they'll shoot for twelve hours or however long they shoot. Um, and then overnight they'll take that footage and put it into a format that we're able to edit with. Um, and then the next morning we'll get all of that footage delivered to us and um, then that's where I come in. I take that footage organize it all together um, and then give it to our editor to work on. And then beyond that, um, as they've been working on the film, editing together for weeks or however long, they might be like, hey, I need to, we need to take this shot and change the time on this clock in the background because it doesn't match or something. So then I'll come in and be like, okay. So then I'll take that footage and go in and do like, a version where I adjust the time on the clock using uh, After Effects usually just mm -hmm. to like do whatever visual effects work they need done and then give it back to them and they'd be like, okay, that's great. And then that's in the movie and then um, basically just move on from there to any other random little things that come up. Each job is kind of different with like the different types of work that we have to do, mm -hmm. whether it's like <laughs> taking uh, blemishes out of actresses' faces mm -hmm. or... Um, <laughs> more than just blemishes. More than blemishes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. There's, yeah, it's pretty pretty intense sometimes. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's kind of different each time, which is kind of what's fun about it, not knowing what you're going to be working on that day mm -hmm. um, and what they're going to ask you to try to do. So it's like a very creative um, place to be, I think. That's crazy. How many different projects have you worked on? So I've worked on, as a visual effects editor, I've worked on uh, two projects. As a 3D editor, I've worked on one project. And then I'm on my second project as an assistant editor. And those are kind of all similar jobs. Um, normally, as an assistant editor, you kind of double as a visual effects editor if there's not a lot of visual effects 
on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, but if it like gets to be like, there's a lot of work that they need to be done, they might bring in a specific visual effects editor for that. Mm -hmm. um, and then 3D editing is kind of a totally different thing. And it's actually the most boring job that I've had. Really? Yeah. So it's like, so I worked on the Nutcracker in the Four Realms mm -hmm. and I was the 3D editor on that. And basically they convert the whole movie into 3D to put into theaters. Oh, I see. So you're taking so, the 2D, what's been shot. Yeah. And then you're adding like See, additional layers so it looks like 3d when you yeah. put the glasses so on so they like so what they do is they'll take the 2d image and then they'll split it into two different images uh, from there which one is for your right eye and one's for your left eye mm -hmm. and it helps like add depth and things like that but as the 3d editor for that all that i'm doing is just keeping track of every single shot in the movie mm. and waiting for the 3d shots to come back in and cutting them in so it's basically just a lot of waiting and keeping track of everything rather than actually doing the work. Right. And how long do those different projects usually take? Usually, um, it's usually I'm on a job for six to eight months, I'd yeah. say. Um, sometimes it gets a lot longer. Um, like I was working on a show for Netflix and I was only supposed to be on for, I think, seven months and it turned into almost two years. Wow. Just because of their budget got so huge and like just went way past it and mm -hmm. a lot of like creative problems right <laughs> um, and just took a while to get done that's crazy yeah you would think so I come from the world of advertising and like the turnover process right. is so quick it's like yeah. every week you're working on something different right and then if you're shooting something it's like a month you hand it off to the production studio yeah and they have like a week to do it but right. it seems like in tv and film those timelines are a lot longer yeah which is actually yeah. I'm kind of jealous of that actually because the the <laughs> The thing that I like the most, like when I'm working on, when I'm like editing something, I love to be able to like get it out there quickly and see what people think about it. So like yeah. working on these long projects, I'm just like, ah, I just want it to be out there mm -hmm. already. So that's, I think the thing that I like least about the job okay, mm -hmm. is just how long everything takes Right. because I like to quick turnaround. Cause like I'm used to, do, I was used to doing like short films in school and stuff where like it gets done quickly and then we can put it out there. Yeah. But t it taking so long just kind of makes me very impatient. Yeah, so let's talk more about kind of how you got to this point sure. and the schooling. Maybe let's go even further before school. Like what inspired you to first take this step into this world? Yeah, um, I've kind of always been, I think, obsessed with movies and cameras in general. Mm -hmm. um, there's like really funny like home video footage that my mom has <laughs> where like she's filming me doing something and I'm just sitting there like with my eyeball in the lens, just like, let me see, let me see, wanting to get my hands on it <laughs> and shoot stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it all started there. And then uh, my dad was actually a middle school teacher. And when he, in, in his classroom, he had uh, like Mac computers that like had editing software on it. Yeah. And we had a camcorder and I was like, he would like I'd shoot stuff like over the summer and then go into his classroom and just like start That's editing cool. on the and I was doing that at like when I was like in middle school mm -hmm. what program were you using I was then? what was that I think it was a very early version of iMovie mm -hmm. like the original yeah version I remember of, where it was like tan yeah something, right yeah I was like oh it's so awful <laughs> yeah so I was using that and then like and then in high school I was doing the same thing but like on Windows Movie Maker mm-hmm um, which were not good programs, but it was all I knew and it worked for me. Right. Um, but I think the foundation of like how those programs work. Yeah, like definitely. Cutting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, and I think I, I've just thought about this recently. I think my friends 
took advantage of me during school <laughs> projects because oh, we would always convince our teachers to like, oh, can we do a video rather than like write a report or something like that? <laughs> and my friends knew that we would shoot it together and it would be a lot of fun. And then they're like, oh, then you'll handle all the work of putting it together. Right. And I just figure it out. Yeah. It, just, it like just dawned on me a couple of weeks ago. I was like, oh, man, you guys really took advantage of me. <laughs> but that's OK, because it was a lot of fun. And look, it got you here. Yeah. <laughs> So thanks, friends, for yeah, making him absolutely. do the project. <laughs> That's cool. So a lot of like video projects and mm -hmm. classes. And then what happened? And then I I never thought like I always love to do it, but I always like, oh, I can't make a job out of this. Like mm -hmm. that's like I, the industry always seemed like so far away and something that like, oh, you have to be like born into that industry to get into it. So it was like something that I was like, I don't think I can get into it. So I was briefly going to pursue forensic science okay very different yeah very, <laughs> but for some reason I was obsessed with it um so that's kind of that was like I was like all right I'm gonna go to school for this I think and then I don't know what it was but something switched where I was like you know what I'm gonna give it a shot for trying to get into film and tv whatever I can do and my parents were really supportive of that so mm -hmm. that definitely helped um so then I went to school for that thinking that maybe I'll get out of here and maybe I'll just work in like a small production company in Ohio where mm -hmm. I'm originally from doing like like corporate video things mm -hmm. um which which is actually really cool stuff to do because I have friends who work in that and they do really awesome stuff yeah but um my ultimate goal was to be either out here or in Los Angeles mm -hmm. working on TV and film yeah yeah. I did it. So, <laughs> uh, did you get kind of your first job right out of school, or so how did that work? It took a little while. I was right after school. I went to Los Angeles and I had an internship for two months, uh, where I was working at Dick Clark Productions. And basically, cool. basically all I did there was watch old episodes of American Bandstand, <laughs> and they had like these like giant like tapes of like their old episodes. Yeah. And my job was to just put them into their computer system. So yeah. basically I would just sit there, start a tape and record it into their system. Wow, that's cool. What'd you learn was, from that? Any what did cool I learn from that? Stand out um, how TV is so different. What did I that? learn out there? That one, I feel like that wasn't as much of a learning opportunity, <laughs> unfortunately. But I did notice that every single episode, none of the artists played live actually it was all lip synced oh really so i don't know if that was like a limitation of technology or like just mm -hmm. what they were doing at the time mm -hmm. um but i feel like that because after that internship i feel like i didn't learn a whole lot okay. and so i actually came back to ohio for like a year mm -hmm. and was trying to get into like working at different small production companies mm -hmm. um so then I did that for a year and then a friend of mine who I went to college with was living in New York and he was like, hey, so my apartment has an open bedroom coming up like in a month. Do mm -hmm. you want to come out here? And I was like, you know what? I'll, let's try it. So like mm -hmm. I decided to move out um, here in August of 2013. Um, so then I mm -hmm. came out and um I was working on just any projects that I could get my hands on. And at that time, it was a lot of like web series for YouTube, like mm -hmm. a lot of people trying to like just do their own short films and things like that. Yeah. Um, and so I did that. I was working on different projects like that for probably six months or so. 
And then a friend of mine who I also went to school with, um, he had somehow broken into working in like post-production and TV and films and stuff. And he was like, hey, so my boss knows somebody who knows somebody who needs a post-production assistant for this show. He's like, send me your resume and I'll pass it along. So I was like, okay, I'll try that. So I sent it to him and he, uh, they passed it along and got in contact with me. And then I interviewed and got a job working on a TV show as a post-production assistant, which is kind of the entry-level position. Okay. Um, and then from there, it was like, that's kind of started the snowball of like how I started working in post-production. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, yeah. So in school, mm -hmm. what would be some advice that you have? Because I know yeah. like the entertainment industry <clears throat> is just like a beast of its own, right? Yeah. So like what are things students should look for in a school mm -hmm. and also what should be they be looking to do in school and like maybe what connections are they looking for because it seems like all the jobs you ever get are from the friends that you make oh absolutely school. yeah i think that's the biggest thing because i think from what i hear from my experience and people that i talk to is that they really didn't learn how to do anything in school <laughs> <laughs> it's like none of the mm -hmm. none of the way that the industry works or like the work that they'll be doing they learned mm -hmm. actually in a classroom yeah um but it's all about the different students that you meet and different projects that you work on where you actually learn what you might be doing once you get into the field. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that the biggest thing is just to work on projects outside of class. Okay. And to pursue things like relationships with your classmates where you guys can help each other out. And, you know, cause that's the biggest thing, like you said, I was getting, mm -hmm. I had connections with people that had come out here and they got out here because they knew people that were out here mm -hmm. so it's this big cycle of like who you know kind of yeah um so I think that's the biggest thing because if you just go to class and do what you learn in class and hope to get out of there and find a job I think it's a lot more difficult mm -hmm. yeah not just good grades are gonna get you your job right it's someone who knows how you work and not like you're reliable and like yeah. if you're hired for a job you'll get it done right thing. and so having that reputation with someone mm -hmm. um what were you looking for in a school when you went to apply to um, colleges that's a good question I think I wanted I knew that I wanted to get into um visual effects and like editing mm -hmm. um so I was looking at different schools and there were some schools that were like closer to home that were um that I just kind of tour around, but I didn't really get a good vibe of like mm -hmm. what I was going to learn there. They, some of them were a little too intense where they like wanted a portfolio right when I applied. And I was like, I've never done anything. Wow. So yeah, like, I've got just graduated high school. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like, I've got nothing to show you. So this might not be the best fit. Um, and then I finally found uh, where I went to school, Ohio University. Uh, they had a really good program and they still do of like just learning video production and editing and visual effects. And I went there originally because I thought I wanted to be a visual effects artist, which I guess is kind of what I do now. Mm -hmm. But um, because I think I, I saw Transformers and I was like, oh, that looks awesome. <laughs> I want to work on that. Um, but then it was actually, and then the movie that made me not want to do that was Avatar when mm. I saw that because I wasn't a huge fan of Avatar, but the mm -hmm. visual effects were amazing. Yeah. I was like, oh man, that's like, like it looks incredible, but the movie did nothing for me. Yeah. So I don't want to spend so much time working on these incredible things when the stuff isn't that good. But um, 
so yeah, they had a really good program there. So I started going for like editing and visual effects and things like that. Um, and then I kind of shifted more just focusing towards editing mm -hmm. because I found that that's where I really like to do the work. Um, and then working outside of classes on different projects with friends is where I met most of the people that got me any connections that I have today. Were those paid projects or those are just for fun? Like, hey, we're going to make a short film for a festival kind of. Yeah, that's that pretty much it. It was pretty <laughs> yeah. much just that. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty much just like, hey, let's go. I wrote a script. Let's go out and shoot it. Mm -hmm. um, and our school was really cool because they had like an equipment room that we could go in, rent lights and camera gear. That's and great. things like that. Um, and then they also had this really cool thing every year where it was called a 48 hour shootout. Have you? I've have done you, one of these. Have you? I have. Oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> the 48 hour film festival yes. is the one we did. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, I love doing that where it's like basically they give you a, well, for us, they'd give us a genre, a piece of dialogue, and a prop yeah. that you have to use. Yeah. And, and a character. You, and a, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you have 48 hours to make a five minute short film. So that was always like the highlight of my year at school because it was <laughs> like that weekend was like, Everybody was involved and it was so much fun. Yeah. And you yeah. for sure get something done at the end of the 48 <laughs> right. hours, which That's... can always be a difficult to a creative. Yes. So like, we'll keep making it better and changing right. it. And we're like, nope. Right. You have to have something at the end of this two day yeah. period. I, exactly. Because I've seen a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of projects at school where it's like they never actually get completed because it's like, oh, we'll, we'll finish it eventually. But mm -hmm. it never sometimes it just never gets done. Yeah. Having those deadlines is helpful. Yeah. So I went to, I've always been interested in film and I was like, yeah. maybe I'll do something in film one day. But I went to a college that did not have a film major. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, hmm, what else can I do? Like what's similar in the communications and like advertising? I was like, oh, I could like write. And then that could be yeah. kind of in the same atmosphere of things to do. But it's so funny. Once you get into it, you see all the different jobs there's just a whole nother world. So what have been some of the jobs that you've been surprised to run across that you didn't expect to exist? I think that the most interesting, well, maybe not the most interesting, but one that I think is really cool is the that we have a music editor on the projects that we work on. And their job is like just focusing on music basically. And like we come to them with like a scene from the show or the movie and be like, Hey, what do you think works within this scene or something? And then it's their job to just like go through and be like, Oh, I think this music might work or this music. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who like loves music, I was like, that's a really cool job to just like be focused on music mm -hmm. like the whole time. That's um, cool. Are those people usually musicians and they know like kind of, yeah the different orchestrations i guess yeah. of like what to do pretty much yeah there's on my last job i worked on it was actually the music editor was probably the nicest person i've ever met in my entire <laughs> life and he we would always sit around like trying to like stump him on bands that he hadn't seen we're like, oh, did you see that? He's like, oh, yeah, I saw the Beatles back in 19. And what? we're like, what? <laughs> it just like and and you could throw out any band and he had seen them all. And wow. he, he's a drummer himself and he does like really cool stuff. Um, so that's a really cool job, I think, that would be mm -hmm. done. And then something that I didn't know about um, is the whole process of how they finish, like the color and the things of films, mm -hmm. because with us, we edit the movie or show, however it is, and then we have to send all of that to a different facility where they will go in and they're sitting basically in a room that's like a giant theater 
and going through the movie with this giant like control board that looks like they're like controlling a spaceship. It wow. looks like just like a Star Trek like <laughs> big command wow. center where they're like moving all these levers and things and just making the movie like adjusting the color just slightly and doing uh-huh. all kinds of crazy things. Mm-hmm. And so I've gone into like those sessions before just to like watch them do it. And it's like just really cool to see like them just like rolling around the different control center like and I don't even understand exactly what they're doing, but they're like adjusting things and it's just like making the slightest change to the image. Wow. So um, that's how they color edit? Yeah. Kind of yeah. So that's always like the last thing like that they do to the pictures, they'll color it. And it's like that whole process is just really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Cause like people that do that are like really talented and I, something that I really don't understand completely. Yeah. 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 I never really knew about that either. Yeah. It's interesting. And like, all the shows like have this look to it, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like it looks dark and moody. What's yeah. their official title? Uh, colorist. Colorist. Usually. Yeah, okay. colorist. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I think that's a really cool job. Like, if I, I think that that would be something that I would be interested in if I wasn't mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because that seems like so, just like that's all you're worrying about is just like the picture and like, but you do have to have a lot of knowledge of like color theory or I don't know what you, yeah. what you call it, but. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, or a colorist, yeah. color theory. You study the philosophy of color and right. see what where it goes. Yeah, that's cool. That's neat. And what other types of editing jobs are there out there? What kind of? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Right. All I know is like yeah. you cut things and that's yeah. editing, or there's the special effects. Yeah, but there's so, so many more there's, technical yeah. terms. So, <laughs> so there's yeah, visual effects editing, which is basically just you know, working on the green screen stuff or the blemishes on actresses' faces, as mm-hmm. I said. Um, and, and what programs do you use for that? So for the for the basic editing of, like, the movie or just the picture editing, we use Avid. Okay. Um, and I know some other companies are starting to use Premiere, okay. which mm-hmm. I think is... But I think Avid is, like, the best program for when you're sharing a project between multiple editors and things like that it just kind of works the best Mm -hmm. Um, and then for visual effects what I use is after effects because I do a lot of just temporary work where it's like things that I'll do like a quick version of a visual effect shot just for them to see it Mm -hmm. and to see what it might look like and then we usually hand that off to an actual like visual effects artist who will then go in using um, maybe After Effects, but usually something like Nuke or um, Flame, which is like another visual effects programs that I kind of blows my mind to see people using it because I don't yeah. understand it completely. Um, and then for the music editors, they'll use Pro Tools to edit the music along the, the timeline. And you just see like them with 50 different tracks of audio, like just putting all the sound effects in mm-hmm. for the, with the sound editor and things like that. Um, so it's a lot, it's a big process of like a lot of different programs to like, cause there's the picture editor, then there's visual effects and sound and music, mm-hmm. um, just all kinds of different departments that have to come together to yeah. make it all happen. Who do you report to? So I report to, um, I be, so I work mostly closely with the editor But then mostly we report to um, our post-production producer who kind of is in charge of more of the getting the schedule all together and like when things have to go out, when things have to be done. 
um, they're kind of in control of that. And I'm happy about that because I don't want to have to deal with any of it Uh um, because I'm terrible with like dealing with any (laughs) business type things or schedules Mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. Um, That's why there's different jobs. Yeah, exactly. You get to focus on the creative and then other people um, can focus on the business, which is like what I want to share with people too that like even if you want to be in the creative field yeah and you're like i don't have any creative skills in quotes creative skills yeah but have a business mind of like all right i know how to make a schedule and keep people to their deadlines like, yeah there are people in every field that yeah. do that yeah and it's necessary yeah i think that's also something that like i didn't expect like to have that like intensive like a business mindset like in this industry there's like a lot of people that have just that job of like making things happen being in charge of the schedule or the budget and things like that it always seems like it's such like oh it's just all creative it's like <laughs> all that but no there's really a lot of thought that goes into that mm-hmm. business mindset as well yeah on these bigger like tv shows that you're working on mm-hmm. how many people do you think are working behind the scenes oh man that's a good question um there's probably on some of the bigger projects there could be hundreds of people working on it in our department i think the biggest in our post-production department i think the biggest um, amount of people that i've ever seen working in our office was probably maybe 20 25 people in the post-production department Mm -hmm. but then that doesn't include um like the colorist or like outside things that's just for our editors and assistant editors and things like that wow um so that's like and that's like people working on multiple episodes at a time so that's kind Mm -hmm. of where the big numbers come from Mm -hmm. um but then there's you know there's the production team which is always huge it could be hundred hundreds of people Mm -hmm. um and then the and then there's like the business side of it with like the payroll department the accounting department um the tr- the drivers that have to drive the equipment around. Oh wow! Um, it's just the catering. <laughs> that's something I would never. Expect. Yeah, I drive the equipment. Around. Yeah, that's like one of the big things too. And it's like, so yeah, it could be hundreds of people working on a project. But then, usually on a movie, it can be that way. But the post production department is usually a lot smaller because usually there's just one editor, and then there might be a couple assistant editors. So like, I was working on. Um, Ocean's 8 and we had I think maybe like seven people in our post-production department Mm -hmm. so it was like not a lot of people but just because we're kind of just all focused on the one project rather than multiple episodes all at once right that makes sense what is the schedule of a tv show like are you they're filming it then Mm -hmm. they send it right to you it seemed like you get the footage pretty quickly which I didn't expect yeah so like we basically start working the day that they start shooting just to kind of set it up and then usually they'll shoot an episode for like if it's like an hour-long show they'll shoot for like eight to ten days and every day we'll get footage from the previous day to edit and then once they finish shooting the episode usually our editor has like two to three days to kind of assemble all the scenes together Mm -hmm. and then at that point the next day the director will come in And they'll have about usually like four days with the editor to kind of refine the edit and make it how they want it. Yeah. And then after that, the producers come in and they'll usually have like four days to refine it even more. Wow. And then at that point, we'll send 
the episode to the studio or the network who's like producing the show mm -hmm. and then they give their notes um and then we'll make those adjustments send it back to them mm -hmm. they'll give any final notes we make that adjustment and then they have what's called locked that means the episode is done editing which <laughs> usually is never a very solid term because usually you'll lock an episode then they're like oh you know what we want to make this slight change so the process i guess from the first day of shooting of an episode to the end could be like maybe a month on wow. tv mm -hmm. um but then in films it's actually a lot more relaxed i i don't know if that's the right term because it isn't always relaxed but they'll shoot for it depends on the budget but they could shoot for anywhere from like 20 to like 60 days or more um, and then the director, rather than having like four days to work on the thing, will work on it for like two months. Mm -hmm. And then the process just kind of gets a lot longer because they have a lot more, I guess, creative freedom in that way. Mm -hmm. So films, I guess the schedule is longer for a two hour project, but then TV, it's like all crunched down to like, you have to get it done because we have more episodes coming behind it. Yeah. So it's like a very crunched schedule for even more content, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's kind of the, I guess that's the way good. that it works, yeah. Yeah, that's quick. That is a quick turnaround. Yeah. So they're always going, it's kind of ongoing, yeah. rolling schedule. Mm -hmm. So when you're going to lock an edit, the edit is like you're choosing what scenes are going in at what time and like, is that what you're organizing footage wise of, this was the best cut of that scene and this scene do you get notes about that or? Yeah. So like the, when I organized, when I get the footage every day, we get like all the stuff that they shot and then I'll organize the different takes for the editor. Um, and then, yeah, they'll edit basically whatever they think is like the best footage to put in the best take of a certain line and things like that. And usually the notes are like that we get from either the director producers or the network. It's like, Oh, can we try to, um, you know, find a different take of them saying this or things like that. Or it could be something like, can we try switching the order of these scenes because it might make the episode flow better? Right. Um, because I think that that happens a lot more than I expected, where it's like they have the script that's all laid out of what the show or movie is going to be. But then the amount of times that they reorder scenes is something that I never expected. Mm. They're like, oh, let's try to put this a little later in the episode and move this part up. Yeah. And it usually it like makes it better. You're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. It like right once you see it and like the pacing of everything. Yeah. Then things change. Yeah. <laughs> so like the notes can range from like something really small of like, oh, can we cut this like one line out to something like rearranging the whole episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Where do you think visual effects are going to continue to go? I mean, what changes have you seen just working in it? And then I think the there's like this term that people say now of like fixing it in post where, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where everything is like they definitely shoot stuff now I think more um sometimes like sometimes they'll shoot things a lot less planned than like and they'll think like oh we'll fix it later we'll figure it out later mm -hmm. which can be difficult to do to like then fix later mm -hmm. but I think it gives people a, it actually gives people a lot more freedom to adjust things later mm -hmm. um and sometimes that's not a great thing. Yeah, because um, now you could do anything really yeah, in post. Like yeah. you could fix anything yeah, in post. <laughs> definitely. 
which is cool. But then it's also like, oh, now we, we finally, we need to make a decision on what this is going to be. So yeah. um, some I've seen it like delay projects where it's like, oh, nobody's making a decision on this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the technology of visual effects is getting really crazy with things like the Lion King coming out where it's like, oh my gosh, just yeah. like it looks completely real and it's none of it's real at all, mm-hmm. um, which is really crazy. And like, I hear people talking like, eventually we're not even going to need actors because they're just going to make yeah. it all fake. AI yeah. Um, make a movie with an actor without the actor yeah. there. Like, yeah. You know, it's crazy. It's really crazy. And it's like, I think that they're, there used to be like, uh, I don't know if it's the word, right word is less respect, but I feel like people would take advantage of visual effects companies trying to like not pay as much for certain work and like keep asking for like revisions to the work that they're doing. And it's like, you see a lot of like visual effects companies just like being overworked right. and with like, and not getting paid for it. Um, but I feel like I could be wrong about this, but I feel like it, the respect level for them is kind of going up now mm-hmm. um, based on like the things that they can do and like the value that people see in it. Yeah. Um, Would you say in the quality too? Because sometimes you can see visual effects and you're like, I can tell something's yeah. not natural. Yeah. There. I think the quality is going up for sure. There's definitely some instances that I've seen recently where I'm, where something sticks out and I'm like, ooh. I don't know about that. And like, or if you like revisit like an older movie where you're like, oh, that mm-hmm. wasn't great, which at the time though, was probably incredible. Yeah. Um, and some things still hold up, but yeah, I think the quality is getting a lot better. Um, and I think it's probably because it's because of the technology increasing and also people finding more creative ways to make things look cool or like just basically, yeah, just making things look better with the technology and with their creativeness. Yeah. Do you have any pro- favorite projects that you've worked on? Um, I think that my favorite, I think my favorite project was probably working on Oceans 8. Yeah. Cause I feel like that's where I got to put the most of like, like be the most creative myself with that. Cause they kind of, for some sequences and scenes, they like let me kind of make things the way that make them look the way that I wanted to. Yeah. And like, they were like, yeah, just try something here and see how it works. And then I would try something and they'd be like, oh yeah, that's great. Or they'd come back and be like, oh, can we adjust this? Um, but yeah, I think that that was where I was most able to have a lot of freedom and like, oh, let me just try this one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's one sequence in the movie um, where there's like these like security lasers like, yeah. <laughs> so for that scene, like I, they shot the scene and then came to me and were like, well, we don't really know what it's supposed to look like yet, but can you just try something? Mm-hmm. And I was like, sure. So I tried something and then they were like, that's a little too intense. Can we <laughs> scale it back a little bit? Um, and then I was like, yeah. So then I made that, then I made changes and things and they're like, yeah, that's great. Let's keep it like that. Um, and so it was kind of like, wow, I kind of got to help design like what that actually looks like yeah um and then to finally see it like the finished project product in the theater was like really cool to see that is neat got to be rewarding yeah definitely do you have any like artistic background because when you're explaining visual effects i'm like Mm -hmm. if you are changing a clock like you have to have some kind of like understanding of what a clock looks like there's shading and like yeah an artistic side to it is there for me um 
I feel like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have, like, I never, like, was very good at, like, drawing or anything, like, visual like that, I don't think. Right. I like to do it, but I was never really great at it. Um, but I think that maybe it's just from a lifetime of watching movies and TV and seeing, like, how things look and how things are supposed to look on screen, mm -hmm. um, I think helped me a lot. Yeah. You're um, able to, like, replicate. You're like, this is what it should look like. And then yeah. you just kind of figure it out. Yeah. Using the tools you have. Yeah. <laughs> That's what a lot of it is. I mean, it's yeah. kind of like trying to find the best method of, like, making something look the correct way. Mm -hmm. Um and it's like, it's cool when I figure out a new like approach to a certain shot. Like if I'm changing a clock of like, like how I can track the, like if the camera's moving, how I'm able to like track the motion of the camera mm -hmm. and put like motion blur on the clock or anything. Like when I figure out a right. new thing that I can then apply to other shots to make, to like work better. That's yeah. always like the most rewarding thing. I'm like, oh, now I feel like I have a new tool that I can mm -hmm. make something else look even better. Yeah, that's cool. That's neat. That's what you do full-time, mm -hmm. right? What do you do outside what of your full-time job? What do I do outside? Um, I spend a lot of time with my wife and son. Mm -hmm. um, and he's adorable. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's been awesome. That's a, that's a whole new thing because we adopted him recently. And it's been a process, but now he's fi actually finally living with us full-time. So it's... That's um, really cool. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun just mm -hmm. to have him around. That's cool. That was a long process, right? Yeah, yeah. it was like almost, uh, it was about two years almost, That's but cool. finally complete. That's cool. <laughs> and you all are adorable. <laughs> Thank so you. <laughs> um, do you do anything creative outside of work? So I would, That's yeah, so I don't do, I used to do like some prod, like video projects outside of work, but mm -hmm. I don't do that anymore just because of the amount of time that I spend yeah. at work I don't know if I want to do more of it right. outside of that you're busy now yeah you have, <laughs> yeah. You have an outside life right now. Yeah. yeah um but I like to play guitar not as I don't get to play as much as I used to but I like to do that every now and then mm -hmm. um and then actually we just got a well, I guess this is a video project but <laughs> we just got a camcorder to like record home movies with mm -hmm. and I have like a camera that I use to shoot short films and stuff but mm -hmm. it's not very user friendly of just like picking it up and shooting yeah um so we got this camcorder and it's like as soon as I picked it up and started shooting with it it like reminded me of like shooting things back when I was in middle school with this like camera that's like so simple yeah and it like makes you think like oh you have to be a little more creative now and it's like because you don't have all the tools of like a really nice camera. So you have mm -hmm. to find like interesting ways to shoot stuff. So I'm like shooting like home videos of my son and like doing like weird like angles and stuff like that. <laughs> while my wife is like, can you just point that out and record and stop doing weird stuff? Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like just reliving my childhood. Of, yeah. Like, There's so much you can do with video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I never knew this. <laughs> Are there like specific qualities that people can start mm. like working on in themselves to like set them up for success in this kind of career? Oh, okay. Um, I think I know that earlier I was saying that like school was kind of useless for me, which <laughs> you weren't entirely I, saying that. Yeah, I mean, I you learn a lot more outside of the classroom. I will say, but it's it is important to. No, like for me, it was really important to learn like the history of film and things like that, just so that I have like a reference point of like mm 
where things were and where things are now. Um, and I think that's, I think it's important just to know that just like, so that you can have some vocabulary when you're mm-hmm. talking with somebody about like, oh, we will, we kind of want to go this direction with it or whatever. You can kind of be like, okay, I, I know what you mean. And you're not just completely lost. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's important to know, like whatever field you're getting into, know like where it kind of started and the progress that it's made, mm-hmm. um, I think is pretty important just to help see help kind of determine where it's going yeah that's interesting because now i mean every kid is going to have a phone yeah that has video on it and they can edit it right there and upload right from their phone and probably do like video effects from their phone yeah and so having kind of that history of like oh people make choices like about what edits they're using though. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a random compilation of photos that can automatically be done by your phone <laughs> now too. And so being able to like understand that as like an artist, like an artist in film, you're making choices about what you're doing and like different angles. And um, yeah, like what you were saying of the artistry of being like an editor, like you got to design a scene and how it looks. And I'm sure there's a lot of things that go into those choices that are made in yeah. that scene. I end every episode with two questions. Mm-hmm. First question, how would you define creativity? I think that a lot of people think of creativity and think that they're not creative mm-hmm. and they see it like, oh, there's like artists that are doing creative things and stuff like that. But I I kind of, I think it's a lot more simple than that. I think that the first step of creativity is just any original thought that you have is being creative. And it you could be like influenced by things that other people have said before or have done. But I think it's like taking your own interpretation of like anything that can be the first step to creativity. Um, such as even if you're singing a song and it's like you you didn't write the lyrics, but if you're the way that you're singing it is different than how the artist sang it. So that's being creative. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you're, even if you're like a scientist and you're like trying to come up with doing experiments to try to figure out why something is, you're taking, you're trying different things because you think it might be, this might be the way that it's happening. And you're being creative because you're thinking of how it might be working and testing those theories out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, not just people in the artistic field, just like painting or making music or anything like that. I think it's just anybody having any type of original thought at all is the first step of creativity. So I think, so I guess in that sense, I guess everybody is creative. Yep. Correct answer. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with that. That's why I like these conversations. Yeah. Um, I have another question before I go to the second one. Why do you love film so much? Um, hmm. Why do I love film so much? I don't know where it started. I just always have been watching movies. And for some reason, they just always, like, I feel like I'm a lot more um, lenient on films that people don't find as good. Where Mm -hmm. I'm like, I usually find something in every movie whether it's whether I like it or not there's always something that I take away from it and think about Um, and I think that that's anything that makes me think about either life or anything that 
the film reminds me of. If it makes me think of something after the film is over, then that I feel like it's done its job of like impacting me yeah. in a way. Um, and I think that that's, that's just the f art form that I think that I respond to the most. Mm -hmm. um, I love music and things like that, but I feel like just watching a movie is I get sucked in and just like see the story and like I'd rather watch a movie than read a book also. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's I think it's that and I was always obsessed with movies as a kid and then I think and this is probably what every teenage dude would say is <laughs> when I saw I think I was 16 when I saw Fight Club and that okay. which is yeah that's the response that's an appropriate response um for some reason that movie I like to think that I see something more than what most people see yeah. in that movie but I probably don't but for some reason that movie like made me think that movies can tell stories a lot deeper than like I had originally thought yeah and that actually might be the thing that kind of pushed me to want to pursue it as a career was like seeing that movie and being like well this is like this is kind of got a lot of twists and turns and is yeah. telling something a lot more powerful than what I've seen before there's a lot going on yeah a lot of choices behind yeah what they're putting in the absolutely movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay final question what would you like to pass on to the next generation I think that I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I think that just to remind everybody that the most important thing is just connecting with people. And maybe like some artists feel like, oh, I don't need, I don't want to connect with people and things like that. But like you are not even artists, just anybody. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, you can really make an impact on somebody if you can help them. Because I, I look back and I see the snowball effect of like, just knowing people and how that has led to my first job, which led to me meeting someone who took me on to another job and then another job. And it's, and then every, and then each of those people have a branching off point where they've impacted somebody and somebody has brought them along. Um, so I think it's just the most important thing is relationships with people. Yeah. Um, because I think that more often people will, want to work with you if you're an easier person to work with rather than if they think you're talented for the project because I mm -hmm. think that most people would rather work with somebody that is more pleasant to be around than a terrible person to be around who maybe is talented in that way but um yeah I think it's just about connecting with mm -hmm. other people and there's a video that I actually watch on YouTube like every couple months that I got obsessed with. Um, and it's with the director, Kevin Smith. I don't know if you know who he is. Uh, but he has this whole like video where he's talking about how there's so much why in the world where he's like, oh, I want to go make a movie. And just people are like, why? Why do you think that you could do that? Like, what makes you think that? And he's like, we should live in a why not world where somebody's like, like, oh, I want to go do this thing. And you can respond with, oh, why not? Let's give it a shot. Let's see if we can make it happen. And he's talking about how it's nothing good comes from discouraging an artist. But if you think about like the potential of like encouraging somebody of like being like, oh, good job on that thing you did or like keep working towards it, they could in the future make that product that makes everybody's lives easier just because you kind of help them in a positive way or 
they might make that song that just means everything to you in the future. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just spreading positivity through all the connections of people that you have, I think. Why not? Yeah, why That's not? Why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Josh. This has been amazing, and I hope this is helpful. I'm sure it will be, knowing all this 10 years ago would have been amazing, you know? <laughs> but thank you so much for taking the time to walk through everything you do, all the other jobs that you interact with, and how you got here. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs>